Hey guys, uh, Rebecca here. Before I get started on this episode, I just want to let you know that this episode is just a tad longer probably than most of the episodes that I try to keep them within 20 to 30 minutes. But Heather is a student of mine in human design and she didn't know anything about it really before she came into my um, program. And so what I love about this episode is you'll learn about how she was able to get so much traction from learning about her design and also the design of her son, specifically her son. So we talk in my program, we talked about our family's designs and how that affects, you know, everybody, right, in the the three of them in their family. And so it was super fun to listen through her eyes of how she learned so much about herself and her family and what she was able to accomplish through that. But really, the the first part of this episode is so fun because we're talking about how she became a first-time mom at 41. That is so different than my experience of becoming a first-time mom at 21. So it's fun to listen to Heather's discussion on motherhood and what she's learned and being a high-power kind of attorney who works in Washington, D.C., and it's just a fun conversation. I want to let you know, too, that I have a class coming up next month. It starts at the beginning of March, and it's all about mastering your time through energy. It's energy stuff, human design, energy stuff. Some things you would think are really woo-woo, but I am going to make a whole podcast on how this has really effectively changed my life and the perspective I have about time and how it works and how to manage it. Stay tuned for that too. Please go to RebeccaTurvo.com forward slash HD dash time and you can see the place where you can register for that because that will be starting the beginning of March and I don't want you to miss it. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Beautifully Bloomed, the podcast where we explore how to break you out of the box of rules and beliefs that are holding you back from the life you are meant to live. I'm your host, Rebecca Turvo. Join me as I share mindset tools, coaching conversations, and human design to help you uncover your unique gifts and create the life, relationships, and business you desire. Heather Hennessy is a coach specializing in helping working women transform into working mothers. Welcoming a new baby can be fantastic, challenging, joyful, confusing, and frustrating. For working women who are earning all or most of the family income, it is urgently important to figure out how to integrate motherhood into their existing career. Heather helps women become exactly the working mothers they most want to be without sacrificing themselves in the process. So welcome, Heather. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. This is such a treat. It is. Yeah. And so one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, first of all, I want to talk about how we met each other because that's a fun story. (laughs) That is a fun story. You know, you were the first person I ever attempted to coach. Really? I don't remember that. No, I will never forget it. We were (laughs) classmates in coach training Yes, and I... I went head first into coaching. Like I found coaching and yeah. just dove in, which I yeah. now understand thanks to human design was actually <laughs> totally in alignment yeah. for me. But at the time my husband was like, what is happening? So anyway, yeah, I signed up for the, the program that our coach training offers at the life coach school. And yeah. I signed up for self-coaching scholars at the same time. 
So our mm. first classes were the first time I had ever been exposed to coaching and I coached you first. Oh, that's amazing. I don't and remember I, that. <laughs> I bombed. I remember it because I bombed and the teach our teacher, yeah. Bev, oh, Bev was yes. like, was like, <laughs> Okay. Right. Like, so yes. it was, I mean, but it was such a great experience for me because I, yeah. I, uh, this is, this is a theme, um, of my coaching practice, right? Like I was pretty good at stuff like in general, right? Like yeah. my career, uh, it, like I just had a high level of like competence and efficacy yes. in my yes. life. Yes. So to encounter something where my efficacy seemed low, I was like, <laughs> Okay. Like I'm going to, you know, it kind of, it was a moment that was an invitation to me to really take the course seriously. Yeah. Right? And to kind I found of, that too, right? Yeah. That life coach school thing really showed me my flaws. You, you're like yeah. a highly trained professional, yeah. right? Like yes. you are like you. masterful. We're both, we're right. both highly trained professionals. Right. Like masterful (laughs) at things that people, that other people think are really complicated and hard. And we're like, I can nail that. Like, just, just sit down and watch me go. Yeah. Right. So to encounter something that was like, all I'm doing is talking, which I'm really good at most of the time. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, that, that Bev, I did not impress yeah. her today. <laughs> yes. Can... There's so much self-development, I think, and self-growth just in learning how to coach other people. That for me was kind of like life-changing in itself. The acquisition of that skill set and getting to go through that skill set acquisition with people like you who had already been coaching, yeah, that was also a really fantastic part of my experience. That's, that is also a theme for me. Like I had a similar experience in law school where I entered law school straight out of college and yeah. I looked around and it was a mixture of people like me who were straight out of college, like graduated from college in May, started law school in August. And then there were other people who had been working professionals who like, we had an anesthesiologist in my class. Wow. We had a guy who had run uh, and was still running a variety of businesses. Like he was kind of an entrepreneurial spirit. So yeah, you know, he was 15 years older than me (laughs) and had all these business interests that he was constantly talking about. And then we had a variety of other people who were parents who were, you know, had like, I've been doing this job and I quit so I could come to law school. And I looked around and I recognized that those people had an advantage over me, right? Mm. Like I was coming out of college, kind of thought I was hot stuff. Yeah. And I looked around and I thought these people appreciate the value of what they're entering, right? It was, was in a way, as you described, right. That was good for me. Yeah. Same thing in coach training, right? Like you were one of the people who I was like, oh, she already has an existing coaching business and she's here, right? Like she's yeah. here in this room with me vir- virtually. <laughs> in we, the virtual room, yeah. We had a, even just in our small cohort of 10 people, we had other classmates who were already working professional coaches who were coming. Yeah. To and as I learned <laughs> being your student, that for me, being a student 
is something that is going to be in alignment with my human design and yes. is going to unlock my mojo, right? Like yes. that's how I think yes. about it. Yes. And like, so, so for me to remain in the posture of being a student on yeah. a regular basis yeah. is me actually like keeping myself in alignment in an important way. Yes. Maybe that's what, you know, like I always yeah. have something new to learn. Yes. Whatever and that may be. I think you and I, we both have the line one, right? Yes. You're a five one. I'm a five so one. So yeah. both of us have line one in human design, even though yours is subconscious, mine is conscious, doesn't matter. We're both researcher types. So we right. love the learning. We love the researching and learning. And that's actually part of our gift to the world as to why we're here. So it's good to remember that. So I used to kind of beat myself up about signing up for people's programs and yeah. getting kind of like into like the shiny object of something. So to be able to give myself permission to lean into that and to have that conversation with myself internally, it's like a gift to myself, right? Part of our self-care is to allow ourselves to learn and to research and give ourselves time consistently to do that learn <laughs> and then I want to move on and I would beat yeah. myself up about the the moving yeah. on and yeah like, no that's it's part okay. of being a student right mm -hmm. like this yeah like letting my letting things pique my curiosity and sort of letting yeah. my intuition lead me it's been very freeing to have it had is. that knowledge since going through your program. Recently. It is so freeing. So I want to tell, yes, you were part of my initial bloom program, which will be coming yeah. again in 2021. First of all, I want to go back to, before we talk about human design more, because I love that part. I want to go back to the fact that how did you get from coach school? Now they always tell us to pick a niche, right? So your right. niche ended up being working mothers or right. first time mothers or First time mothers yeah, who tell us about are that. working professional women. So that's who I was when I started to take the steps that led me to coaching was I had a baby at age 41. And mm. at the time I happened to be our family breadwinner. Wow. It was <laughs> 41 years old, brand new mother earning the bulk of the family income. And over those months, I struggled so hard. And I mean, talk about being bad at something, even the career at which I felt masterful before the baby came along, baby arrives and it felt like I got terrible at my job. It felt like I got terrible at motherhood, right? Like <laughs> everything was just a disaster. Yeah, I was a hundred pounds overweight and I was, I felt awful, right? I was yeah. anxious 24 yeah. seven and I had been raised by a working mother and I had an experience in childhood that I knew I wanted the experience to be different from my child, but I could feel myself gravitating toward unhappiness, gravitating toward resentment. Yeah, Everything was going really well until this baby came along. I had like a visceral reaction to that gravitational pull in a direction that I knew I didn't want to go. Yeah. So I started in earnest to work in a different direction to sort of take the love that I felt for my son and the joy of motherhood and self-create a gravitational pull the other direction. And I did it. 
took me a long time and it was pretty messy, but I figured it out and I started with my schedule. That was kind of step one. And then as soon as I got my schedule kind of managed, I started losing weight. Yeah. That was where I was on a weight loss journey when I found coaching. So what, what prompted you to want to lose the weight? I'm curious. This is something so many women, yeah, so many women struggle. So I, I had been struggling with my weight my entire life. Yeah. Pregnancy was my high water mark. Yeah. (laughs) And then I resettled, um, after, you know, about a year after my son was born, I was around 240, 250, which was where I had settled, you know, typically. I mean, this is decades, decades of, you know, up and down on my way. I I just felt so bad, like Mm. physically, I, I did not now as a, you know, with my clients, I don't recommend that people need to snap back, right? Like there is, I don't, I don't recommend that people need to take the baby weight off, right? It was where I started because it was the place where I thought I could be successful initially. If I could describe it like a rock climber trying to find that next like finger hold on the mountain. Yeah. That's what I felt like I was grabbing. So anyway, I was working in that way and then just kind of like working on myself in other ways, like continuing to work on my schedule, right? Trying to improve my career. And I, along that journey, found Corinne Crabtree's podcast. Yeah, we all know Corinne. (laughs) Right. Everybody knows Corinne Crabtree, right? Like, And so I found her podcast and then through her work, I found the Life Coach School podcast. And I just went all in. And as we were going through coach training and as I was learning the tools, it's just sitting on my heart that I needed this as a new working mother and that I didn't have it, right? Like I, whatever it was I was looking for, I could not find it as a 41 year old breadwinning mother. So I, it just had been my clear path ever since we got certified Mm. that I want to take my body of knowledge and give it to the working mothers of the world. So, yeah. And I think that's how, I mean, that's how I had first come to my coaching too, right? It's like, you're looking for something and you can't find the exact program you're looking for. Right. And so you're like, right. well, I guess I'll create it. I wish somebody had created it for me though. Right. Exactly. It's like, exactly. That's what you try to come to. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, we graduated from coach training and I had a urge to start a podcast, but I had not done it, right? Like my story, like I'm here right now at my goal weight and all this other stuff because I found a podcast that I needed in the moment that I needed it. So I always had this sort of urge to start a podcast, but I had not done it. And this was another moment where human design and where your program sort of made something very clear to me. You got me, I think it was in our first session where you explained to me that I had the sacral authority and that I was going to be successful if I were responding to things. And so, you know, the sort of the coaching tool that we use in our coaching of the model plus my human design roadmap. And (laughs) I had a podcast within a day or two, literally. That is amazing. (laughs) It was the best. I loved when you sent that message that, Hey, I started my podcast because of what I learned in you. I'm like, why? Okay. I've never heard that before. It was a mismatch (laughs) of my thought process. Yeah. 
prior to your course, the notion that I was going to one day, like get a certified letter from the universe that it was time to start my podcast. Like, no, what I needed was to put myself in the mindset of responding to a need that Mm. I know exists and that nobody else is meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Was the kicker. And as we're talking about human design, and I know that you're a five one, it's that five mentor person that that really does need to externalize their message, right? This is your job, you need to go stand on the stage, externalize your message. And you, you know, the podcast is a great platform for that. Absolutely. So <laughs> absolutely. And for the, you. <laughs> no, no. And it's yeah. been I did not know this. I had to kind of do it for a while to realize this. Podcasting is a flow state activity for me. Like I get, yeah. I've always had, just from like my day job and everything, I always had a, a thought that I love a captive audience, which yeah. is a funny thing to think about myself, but I do. And so the podcast It turns out that I just get into a flow state while I'm doing it. I did not have distinct awareness of this, but there's a a book that has come out recently. I think it was late 2020. That's about, there's a guy who, excuse me, has been doing a bunch of research about this. His name is Stephen Kotler. K-O-T-L-E-R is the author's name. And so I've been listening to him on some podcasts. I'm like, this is what's happening to me when I'm podcasting is I am entering a flow state, right? He talks about there's an actual like neurochemical state that we enter into when we get into flow. Yeah. What as, you know, human design, yeah. teaches us in part. That's where we're yes. all sort of the aiming. energy, that yeah, energetic. It's been amazing. That's awesome. Before we talk about more about the human design, what are you helping clients with now? What is what are you helping them through? So um, it's like so funny that having a baby, I think of it yeah. as like whatever isn't really working in your life, but that you've been managing around maybe for decades. It just becomes the thing that screams for your attention. We, we have a baby. The baby is the new thing. My weight had been a problem for me my entire adult life, right? Like, but it was having a baby that sort of got me to the point where I was like, I have to figure this out. (laughs) And I say this as a preface to, I help my clients with whatever in their life feels like it has broken down the most, right? Like Mm. it's not the baby's fault, but the baby's arrival like causes the crisis. It's the Mm. thing that pushes them over the precipice. So that could be, I hate my job, right? Like I've hated my job maybe for a long, long time, but now that my baby has arrived like whatever coping mechanisms I was using to stay in my job or whatever I was doing to buffer. Yeah. <laughs> it stopped, it stopped working, right? Like my coping right. mechanisms, my buffers, they all are failing me. So now I'm, yeah. the, you know, in like for me, right? Like the breadwinner with a brand new baby who we love beyond reason. Yeah. And I hate my job. Like what, mm. like that feels. So anyway, that, and that could yeah. be, a financial crisis because yeah. of the cost of childcare or the lack of availability of childcare, right? Like here during COVID. Yeah. You know, there's being lots you know, of stuff. Yeah. Lots <laughs> of stuff. And, you know, 
childcare centers are closing. So, so that, so people come to me for any number of reasons, but that, so, so in some ways, right, like in sort of coaching terms, I am a general life coach for people who are living through that very specific time of their lives. Right. So I really think that the, that the first 18 months before <laughs> our children can talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I think that, and I, you know, my, I, I no longer have a, a tiny kid, right? Like I've got yeah. a little bit older of a kid, but there's a, there's a phase before your baby can talk or really like cogitate or error or interact with you in a really like, as like a little person, that's the phase where I help people. It's like the skill set and the, you know, what is the crisis that seems to have presented itself for you during this phase? And let's go to work on that. So that's yeah. how, that's how I help people. Awesome. I, I think that's great because new mothers, I think no matter what age you are <laughs> as a new mother, oh, I could have used so much support. <laughs> Even I can I, imagine yeah. as a career woman and you have a high powered career, you're used to being able to solve all the problems and do all we, the things. We are. We don't try to fix our own cars, right? Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's one of my favorite analogies. Like if a yeah. career professional woman's car breaks down, she does not go out and try to teach herself like she doesn't go get like a, a GM certification in auto repair. She yeah. doesn't enroll at the technical school. Yeah. No, she hires a professional who yeah. can get her what she needs when she needs it. Exactly. That's me. That's <laughs> yes. me. The other fascinating piece about it, Rebecca, that that is direct knowledge that I got from you is that yeah. it can be like, especially for really high achieving professional women, like, like a neurosurgeon, right? Yeah. Like somebody who is used to being under pressure, like, mm. you know, working in, in places where the career demands high precision. Yeah. That person has a baby and her life goes upside down <laughs> and she thinks she ought to be able to fix it by herself. And she's so confused. What I learned in part from you was that the introduction of the baby and the baby's human design mm, into yes. our lives can yes. be part of why we're experiencing this upheaval. Yeah. It was mystifying to me. All I yeah. knew was that I had this like emotional, you know, response to motherhood that I didn't know what to do with and I didn't have any skills for how to cope with it. And then, you know, because of that surge of emotion that was sustained, right? It didn't, it's not like it peaked and then dissipated. I was like, urgent, urgent, pay attention to me. And yeah. I have a baby who is an emotional generator, yeah. right? Like, so my, yes. I'm, I'm a pure generator. My yes. husband's an emotional manifesting generator. And then our son is an emotional generator. Yeah. Right? So like, he brought in extra emotion extra into your emotional life. energy. And I was like, oh, exactly. you know, when you, you ran the church <clears throat> for all of us in our families, I was like, 
okay, right? It just was a piece of the puzzle yeah, that mystified me and that I'm like, okay, right? So that neurosurgeon who's like, I operate on people's brains. Like how hard can it be to be a mom? Like, yeah. You might have a new <laughs> presence in your life who, right? If you have a tiny yes. baby, you're spending a lot of time with that baby. Yeah. That could be <clears throat> affecting you mm-hmm. on an energetic level in yes. ways that are bo- operating below your, your level of awareness, right? And like your yeah. ability to op- operate on people's brains <laughs> is not, yeah. does not translate into being a working mother. It just, it just doesn't. As no. much as we think it should, it just doesn't. And, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I just learned about this in the past several months. The penta is a term that comes to being when three people come together, three to okay. five people forms a penta, right? So <clears throat> you and your husband are a relationship. Right. So your energies combine and you're, you're used to that. A third person, like a baby comes in. Now you have a penta and a penta forms its whole new self energy <laughs> between the three of you like a, like a bigger yes this is wow. so fascinating um so I love that you brought that in because <laughs> that brought that to mind like yes well of course you know you bring a third person into a two people thing and there's like a, the, a whole new energy forms it's just like oh that is so fascinating and um, you know being able yeah. to give people the practical tool set that they need to cope yeah. with that new energy right like yes. that was that was what i was missing yeah right was like yeah. what do i do and it whatever form that takes right like i i gave the examples of our you know families um human design types, yeah. but that could happen over dozens and dozens of different permutations, yeah. right? Depending yeah. on people's design. So yeah. anyway, so interesting. So tell me, um, I mean, before we wrap up, I love to have these final conversations about human design. So we know you're a five, one sacral generator. Yeah. And so what were like some of the major, cause I remember when we went through Bloom, Bloom, it was the first time I did the Bloom program and you kept having all these amazing insights and, and you would come to the calls like, oh my gosh, this is what happened this week. So, so like, yeah. if you look overall at that experience, like what has been so fabulous for you about human design? Like what are a couple of things? So that- the permission set yeah. of like, I am a pure generator. Like when I get going, I go. And I had had some shame about that, right? Like the, mm. that maybe that I was like too much in that regard. It's like, no, I ha- am a 5-1 yeah. pure generator sacral authority. And when I yeah. get going, I need to just go. And like, and that is... <laughs> That is professionally and that is like, I'm going to fold all the laundry right now. Like it doesn't matter the setting, the energy is the same and that then, you know, to sort of have that and then take a rest and recharge like that, viewing it as a part of my design and and that there are ways to balance it that are very healthy, right? Like it's, you know you, um, 
you also talked to us a lot about sort of integration. And so pulling in a, a set of beliefs and thoughts for myself, right, that I just sort of mm-hmm. coached myself into about how I integrate those aspects of myself into my life on purpose. Like before I would just have this like agitation and I wouldn't really know what to do with it. So like now with approaching it from a more place of, of integration, right? Like I can sort of feel that coming and just start acting, like just start to respond to whatever's in front of me. And then it dissipates on its own, right? Like I never get that sort of like spike of agitation. Like I'm failing to answer my own drives. Instead, I kind of meet it and it's kind of leveled off some of the ups and downs. So it, it has been like from in, in that regard, right. It's just achingly practical like that it is (laughs) and and to even like on days where I'm like okay I'm gonna have a couple of hours where I am just going for it right like just all in like work and then when those couple of hours I'm gonna check in with myself see how I feel and make a decision about whether or not to keep going right like that's yeah kind of the very practical integration I feel like I'm not working at cross purposes to myself any longer in some really profound ways. That's yeah. So I feel like human design is such an amazing energy management tool. Energy management. Yeah. Yeah. If people could really take to heart what their type is, what their authority, like their strategy is, it's just like amazing to manage your energy. (laughs) You know, because many of us are off on the wrong track trying to be like other people without knowing who we truly are. And that's what I love about it. So yes, I can teach like layers and layers of human design stuff. But if you can't integrate the top things, right, right, the energy type, and the strategy and authority, then there isn't a point really to learning all the underneath stuff, really. So that's like my main goal to using human design with my clients is to really teach them how to integrate these things without going layers and layers deep. Right. Right. And then (laughs) learning that. So I have really defined centers at the top and at the bottom. And then I'm open my throat center, my heart center, my identity center. All those ones in the middle are open. Yeah. Yeah. So sort of understanding what those open centers mean for me and how to manage my energy around that, right? Like exactly. Yeah. That my open emotional center and my open identity center, especially are places where, you know, as you were teaching us, you were teaching us about the, the healthy, you know, aspects of these centers and then the aspects that might be in shadow or in some sort of, of lack of health. Yeah. So just on a day-to-day moment-to-moment basis to be able to evaluate, like if I am having an emotion, like, is it actually my emotion or am I picking up an <laughs> yeah. emotion from somewhere else? And what do I want to do? Especially 
especially because you're a kid and your husband both have that emotional wave, right? Like right. you're going to pick that up. Right. So fascinating. And managing <laughs> the t- managing a small child and knowing that that's what's happening, that this little yeah. emotional generator on my hands, yeah. like some days, right? Like today has been like, he is on a up on whatever. I, I, An I up. hate <laughs> I hate to assign like judgments to it. Is he on a high? Yeah. But we we know, right. That like emotions are are emotions and they're part of the human experience. But some days we definitely like, like to borrow the expression, we wake up on the correct side of the bed versus the wrong side of the bed. Right. So on those days where he is on the wrong side of the bed, yeah, just to let him sort of be in Mm -hmm. that space and to, to recognize that that's very different from how I'm going to be approaching the day, whatever's (laughs) happening and to be able to meet him where he is, right? Like in his little kid brain to be (laughs) able to meet him in that emotional space, which I'm teaching myself to do, right? Like that's not my, my, (laughs) my instinct is like, we just need to go. We just need to go. Yes. go you know, so, so to kind of stop myself, ratchet back my energy, you know, check in with him on an emotional level. Yeah. And then like, you know, kind of maybe we can, maybe we can reset the morning a little bit, right. If our morning is going, <laughs> any parent can identify with that, right? Like yeah, some mornings where we put on our shoes and we're ready to go and we're very happy. There are other mornings where we're crying in the floor, right? Like yeah. sort of normal little kid, but having that tool in my toolkit as a parent yeah, has been really valuable. That is valuable. And I mean, I wish I would have known all my children's charts like when I was raising them as little kids would that have been amazing (laughs) so I'm so happy to be able to pass this on to parents who have kids at home it's like oh my gosh this is the most amazing tool understand your child's energy type just like that would be amazing to understand that right and are they emotional or non-emotional that's a good thing to know just because you don't have an emotional center that's defined like you that doesn't mean you don't have emotions but it does mean you take on other people's emotion you know that that's really helpful to know absolutely (laughs) so yes yes and I just think that's such an important part um of my teaching is the I'm actually here emotional authorities are here to teach emotions so I am an emotional authority I'm like supposed to be teaching this stuff so I'm like okay guys let's go all in on the emotional all in on the emotions very emotional person yes I always used to think that's a bad thing now I'm like no, it's just part of who I am. That's fine. Um, it's right. okay. We get to be who we are, right? That's what's so great about it's human design. Of, right. All of these things are parts of our gifts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Heather, this has been an amazing, oh my gosh, I could talk to you for hours about your, because Seriously. you are so good. In fact, maybe we'll have a part two with you and I just talking about your human design stuff, because I feel <laughs> like you have learned so much in such a short time and done so much integration. I love that. Well, Um, sign me up. And I think it like really helps other people to see, well, what did you learn? Like not me being the teacher about it, but 
my students telling people this is what has helped me. So I love that part. But before we go, can you tell people like, where can they see? Is there a specific place they should go if they want to find out more about your services? Like, Absolutely. So for all the new working mothers out there, <laughs> my website is heatherhennessy.com. And I'll make okay. sure that uh, you, Rebecca's got that yes. info for the show notes. That'll be in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. And that is the place to find out a little bit more about me and to um, sign up for my newsletter and all kinds of uh, stuff awesome. on there. I started work on my schedule. So right now um, for people who sign up for my email list, you get my scheduling uh, program for new working mothers. And then I also am the host of the Mother of Success podcast. So awesome. You can find me on your favorite podcast platform. <laughs> and um, and it is great stuff. Yes. Thank you so much, Heather. This was really fun. I enjoyed having you here. Thank you, Rebecca. It's been my pleasure. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please go subscribe so that you get notified of all the future goodies that are coming along. While you're there, please leave me a review and let me know what you think. So excited to share this with you and can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye.